Thank you for listening to this resource. Um, your mind is an amazing creation of God. It handles billions and billions of bits of information. It can process 800 memories per second for years and never gets tired. No computer will ever compare with the computing power of the brain. And the, and the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are what you think. More than anything else, what determines your life are your thoughts, not your background, not your genes or hereditary, not your environment, but what you choose to think about has greater influence on your life than anything else. Think about that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you are serious about changing something in your life, whatever area it is, you have to start by changing the way you think. This new series, Clear Thinking, we are going to be looking at thinking clearly about your life and future. Because as Christians, sometimes we forget that God has blessed us with the capacity to think. Beyond praying, God wants us to pray, yes, but God wants us to think and think clearly. So in part one, we'll be looking at thinking clearly about problems, part two, about finances, part three, about stress, part four, about spiritual growth. In part five, we'll be looking at thinking clearly about sex, in part six, about relationships, in part seven, which is the final part about life change. This is part five, thinking clearly about sex. Today we are looking at thinking clearly about sex. Yes, sex. You heard it right. <laughs> did you just say that? Yes, I just did. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, we, we did say that this teaching was PG-18, but... After considering the content and the fact that the, 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 the movie industry is what they rate PG-13 these days, is, is used to be PG-21 <laughs> back in the day. So we've we kind of dropped it as, and said, let's, let's make this PG-15. You know, because if you are 15, you should know these things. Because if you don't know it from us, the world will try to teach you. So you are welcome. The rest of them, I'm sure they are watching a nice movie over there at the other facility. Why? Because we live in a sex-saturated society. Everything is being pushed at us, particularly in the media, as a sexual undertone. There are sexual images used to advertise everything, even cement. And tire. I saw a tire advert and I saw a half naked lady with a tire. I'm like, what is she doing with a tire? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And you see, because of what is being projected at us, because you become what you behold eventually, you know. So we see a lot of the societies tending towards um, living together not being married, just having babies, 
and baby mamas and baby papas and just say, no, I'm just, I'm a single mom, you know. It, it, it's becoming trendy. Why? Because that is the image we have been shown consistently. We have a lot of unwanted babies. We have a lot of abortions going on. A lot of people carrying STDs. Why? Because, unfortunately, we are not thinking clearly about sex. A lot of marriages are upside down today sexually because one party is hooked on pornography and is not able to, or she is not able to, you know, have realistic expectations and really enjoy the marriage. Statistics say that over the course of a year, over the course of a year, the Prime TV program, Prime TV is um, from 7 to 9 or something, 6 to 9, 14,313 incidents of sex is shown. 23,566 uses profanity. 8,000, over 8,000 incidents of violence. Now, listen to this. 91% of all the sex portrayed on TV is sex outside of marriage. 91% of all the sex we see on TV is sex outside of marriage. What is that called? Brainwashing. The, the society is being brainwashed that it's okay, it's your body, you know, you know and, and everything looks normal. They look like normal people. Now, these days, in fact, they shorten the attraction cycle. We, 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 I'm preaching this message because Saturday is, is Valentine's Day. The pastor, why are you preaching? He says, yeah, for Saturday is Valentine's Day. Statistics shows that the number of teenagers that lose their virginity on Valentine's Day is alarming. Why? Because what has been put before us is, 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 is an adulterated version of what love is, which is there's an attraction, then the next thing is we're in bed. And unfortunately, we are buying it, as in the, the church, obviously, some, a lot of the church, part of the church, is buying this lie. Bed hopping is portrayed to be a popular indoor sport. You get that on Friday morning. <laughs> and God wants us to think clearly about sex. He wants us to think clearly about sex. Second Thessalonians, if you have your notes, um, if you need a folder, we are giving out flat files folders for free. You can see any of the ushers at the end so that you can file this away. Second, um, First Thessalonians 4, 3, and 7. It says, God wants you to be what? To be pure. God wants you to be pure and to keep clear of a few sexual sins. Of all sexual sins. For God has not called you or called us to be what? Dirty-minded. 
God has not called us to be dirty-minded and full of lust, but to be holy and clean. So the question is, so how do I stay pure in a sex-saturated world? How do I stay pure in a world that is bombarded with sexual images and sexual um, nuances and a lot of sexual pressure everywhere? Look, how do I stay pure? How do you stay pure? I'm sure you're wondering that as I am. I've wondered that and I'm going to show you today how. And God is going to empower you to stay pure in Jesus' name. How do you stay pure? How to stay pure in a sex-saturated world? Four things. Number one, make commitment to God's standard. So you fill in the blank. Commitment goes there. Make commitment to God's standard. Like some of us don't have the notes. The notes are online also. I mean, I guess that's, I hope you are using the online version of the notes (laughs) to help you stay on track. Make commitment to God's standard. Sometimes we think it's, it's only in our own time that we've had this sexual pressure. David also had tremendous sexual pressure. In fact, in Psalm, that's not Proverbs. Is it Proverbs 119? No, Psalm 119, sorry. Psalm 119, verse 9. David says, how can anyone... In fact, the KJV says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? He says, how can anyone keep his way pure? He asks the same question we are asking today. And he, he, he got the answer. What's the answer? By what? By living according to your word. To God's word. So, sex is God's idea. You did not invent sex. You made it here. When you are gone, it will still be here. In fact, the fact that you are sitting there is as a result of it. You met it here. God invented sex. So, he designed it. The person that knows how something should work the most is the person that designed it. If you want the best service for your, if you drive a Mercedes-Benz, you should, if there's a Mercedes-Benz service center, that is where you want to be going. If you, if you drive um, a Ferrari, you don't want to stop by at uh, A&A mechanic workshop. Do you understand what I'm saying? You want to go to, if there's a Ferrari service center, you want to go to the manufacturer, to the person that designed it. God designed sex. And God designed sex for three purposes. Number one, for pleasure. Number three, number two, sorry, for total bonding. Number three, for procreation. Number one, for pleasure. Number two, for total bonding. Total bonding means sex is not only physical. Sex is also emotional. If sex affects, in fact, it's one activity that affects your, your body, your soul, and your spirit. So, when you have sexual intercourse with someone, there is an exchange. There's a soul mingling. 
and there's a spiritual exchange. So that is why I've explained it before. Last year, we did a whole series. What was the series called again? Pure sex. Yeah. And we talked purely about sex. We explained that if Lucy has sexual intercourse with Lucas and Lucy is carrying curses and they meet, the demons that have access to Lucy now has access to Lucas. So Lucas can be a businessman, a young man, doing well, bright ideas, sleeps with Lucy, he doesn't know what has happened to his business. He begins to struggle, he's uncoordinated. Why? Because the demons that had access to Lucy now have access to, to him. Well, usually in their confusion, they go to sleep with somebody else, so he's not compounded, he's mixing it up. So another one, Ngozi zone is there, Aminon zone is there, Yika zone is there. Confusion. That's why I'm praying today that God will lead you beside still waters and he will restore your soul. Every soul that has been fragmented will be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. So God's standard, God's standard is very clear and has never changed. Guess what? He invented sex. His standard is very clear and has never changed. What is God's standard? God's standard is sex is only between a wife and a husband committed to each other in marriage. That's God's standard. Why? God designed sex. He knows that's where it's going to function best. Every sexual activity outside of God's standards will always lead to guilt, to shame, to to the feeling of uncleanness, to reproach, to curses, all sorts of things. It's not worth it. Praise the name of the Lord. Totally not. But but I thought God wanted me to be happy. Yes, God wants you to be happy. But he wants you to be happy where he has designed you to be happy. You don't get angry. If if you're in, in, um, let's say you're in, um, which places have wild animals? You're in a country that has wild animals. And you're on vacation. And you are just walking around. And you see a sign. Lions, hungry lions, don't cross this line. Will you get angry at the person that put the sign there? That's what people are doing these days. They don't like the pastors that tell them the truth. Will you get angry at people that say, don't cross this line. In fact, you'll be grateful. If you have some sense, you will quickly turn and go. If you don't have any sense, you'll be taking pictures. (laughs) You know that a car does not hit a village man. Can only eat uh, modernized people. A village man, once he has the on, he will run for his life. God wants you to be happy. He wants your happiness to last. What's the point of eating bread and it turning into gravel in your mouth? 
What's the point of losing all your teeth? Praise the Lord. So the issue you, are going to, you have to settle is, is this. Who knows the best for my life? Me or God? That's the question you have to answer. Who knows the best for my life? Me or God? Your actions determine the answer to that. Am I more committed to doing what God says because he knows better? Or I will do what I think best because it's my body. That's the question we all need to answer. And of course, the answer, um, if you are wise, is straightforward. God is wiser than you. Everyone say after me, God is wiser than me. How to stay pure in a sex-saturated world? Number one, make commitment to God's word. Make commitment to God's word. Number two, how do I stay pure? I manage my mind. I manage my mind. Manage my mind. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. How you think determines how you live. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So I have to manage, I have to be in charge of my mind. Psalm 101 verse 3, the NLT translation, Psalm 101 verse 3, the word of God says in Psalm 101 verse 3, it says, I refuse, underline refuse, I refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. Does that sound like pornography? Does it? I refuse. Everyone say, I refuse. I, someone said to me, Pastor, show me in the Bible where God says, thou shalt not watch pornography. I'm telling you, real, real life question. He said, I just want to know. Well, I didn't have this scripture then. Now I do have the scripture. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. It's the word of God. Take charge of yourself. Take charge of your mind. Second Timothy two twenty two. Says 2 Timothy 2.22 says, turn your back on lustful thoughts. So, lustful thoughts are coming. What should you do? Turn your back hmm, on lustful thoughts and give your positive attention to goodness, integrity, love, and peace. Turn your back to lustful thoughts and give your attention to that. So, one practical way of, 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 of managing my mind is, is to monitor my media intake. That is one practical way of managing my mind. Monitor my media intake. Monitor my media intake. Why? Because 
what I see affects me. What you see affects you. So I, I, I monitor my media intake. Even physically, can you be eating popcorn and coke morning, afternoon, night and, and be healthy? Is it possible? You say, oh, I, I enjoy when I go to movies. I want to be eating popcorn and coke every day. You won't be healthy. The same thing with your mind and your spirit. If you keep feeding it with junk, garbage in, they say, the life will produce garbage. You need to take charge of your media intake. And it's amazing today how parents allow their children to watch all sorts of things on TV. I mean, sometimes it's as if parents are just so weak to even do the pain, go through the pains of, of regulating the media that the children watch these days. I mean, sometimes they just don't want to take the time and the effort. <laughs> sometimes friends say to me, oh, well, Pastor, that is what is on TV. There's, there's the only thing on TV. I'm like, really? Why don't you see? Have you noticed that for those of us that are, that are ladies, most clothes that are being made these days have um, low um, rises and they are, you know, revealing. Have you noticed? Why don't you keep wearing them on the streets and say that's the only thing that is on the market? You don't do that for yourself. You still take the pain to get decent clothing. Everybody I've seen here is wearing decent clothing. I hope I'm not seen in the spirit. <laughs> you still take the pain to wear decent clothing. Why? Because you know the value. But you leave your children to watch crap. And for me, I mean, once it's okay with you, it has to be okay with me. I have no issues. Praise the Lord. I came across some statistics that are just mind-boggling. By the time a child finishes secondary school, he will have spent 18,000 hours with the TV. Now, in case you want to benchmark that, he will have spent 12,000 hours in school. By the time he finishes secondary school, he will have spent 12,000 hours in school and 18,000, the average child today, will have spent 18,000 hours in front of TV. That is scary. You know why? Because you and I know what is in front of TV. You know what is coming out of TV? Typical TV. Just leave the TV on. You know, there's nothing wrong with TV. You don't say, oh, pastor say we should travel our TV. No, no, no. Did I say that? No. I'm saying take charge of it. You own the TV. Don't let the TV own you. Take charge of it. In one year, a typical teenager, just one year, a typical teenager has been exposed to visual input of 14,000 sexual encounters. One year. One year.
The child will become what the child has been programmed to become. Don't think that you can just fast and pray and bully the child. They will listen. But after a while, it is what has been programmed that will come out. Praise the name of the Lord. By the time a child is 18, he or she has seen over 100,000 sexual liaisons portrayed on TV. 100,000. Wow. Now, I know everywhere is quiet. Like, this guy is just giving us bad news. <laughs> no, I'm not just giving you bad news. I'm letting you see the extent of the problem and so that you can protect yourself and protect your children. Think about it. You as an adult, if you consistently watch funny things, you know how you behave. You begin to behave like a rascal. You are an adult. Well, okay, fine. You are holy. I know how I behave. <laughs> I am an adult. So, what about the children? What about the teenagers? They stand no chance. And God is trusting them to you, to your care. Are you going to allow the TV to babysit your children? Or are you going to babysit them yourself? TVs and movies, they lower our resistance to sin. That's, that's all they do. They, a lot of them. It's not all of them, obviously. But a lot of them, they lower our resistance to sin. How? They lower our resistance to sin by doing three main things. Number one, they glamorize Sin. They glamorize sin. Sin become glamorous. And also, I mean, even at the time in this country that the people that were making the flashy soft cells were thieves. Were people that have stolen money. They make, I don't want to mention the names of the magazines, the front pages, and Young people are looking at them and they want to be like them. So you, so you talk to a young man, he, the guy just says, oh, I just want to make it. And I'm like, what do you mean by make it? Ah, I want to hammer, pastor. What is hammer? I just want to make it big. I mean, the guy has no clue. He has shaky-footed education. He has no ideas. But he wants all the money. That's a disaster waiting to happen. And it's the same thing media does with us. Glamorizes sin. Secondly, second way the media breaks down our resistance to sin. It makes us think it implies that everybody is doing it. So, so you look like you are like fish out of water. It's like ah, something is, must be wrong with me. Everybody is doing it. Everybody is doing it. And number three,
I said three things, right? Four things. <clears throat> Number three, by failing to show me the consequences. So, media shows me that I can shoot someone. It doesn't show me the consequences of shooting someone. So, I think holding a gun is, is cute and, and cool. And I think if I really get angry and I have a gun, I can shoot someone. But it doesn't tell me that if you shoot someone, you are going to jail. Even when it shows jail, you really don't get the picture. It says you can slip around up from one bed to the other. That's the life. Use what you have to get what you want. It doesn't tell you all the causes that follow. It doesn't tell you all the trouble, the shame that follows. And media lowers our resistance to sin by, number four, by getting me to laugh at it. You know, you really don't want to laugh. But it's so funny the way they did it. And you just laughed. The first time you laughed, you said, oh, I shouldn't be laughing at that. The second time you laughed, eh, you kind of remembered that you shouldn't be laughing at that. Then the third time you forgotten that you shouldn't be laughing at that. And guess what? Once you begin to laugh at something, you have embraced it. Typically, I'm talking about it for, for those of us in this part of the world. The first time, and, and, and those of, of us that have not been exposed to homosexuality, the first time you saw any hint of homosexuality on TV, how did you feel? If you have been seeing it long enough, I can assure you, you don't feel as disgusted as you used to feel it. Even though you know it's wrong. Why? Because it's been glamorized. It's been, it's been portrayed in a way that these are normal people. Even your newscasters are homosexual. And they look so handsome. It's serious. Because when a man is desensitized, almost anything goes. Then there's no difference between a man and a dog once a man is desensitized. So the, the, the media is the greatest source of sex miseducation because it never shows the consequences. Then of course, as a result, what do we have? Most people are carrying hearts. Secret scars. Almost everyone here has a secret scar that is related to sex. You don't need to put up your hands. Almost everyone is carrying a heart. An unresolved guilt, a bitterness, a shame. Some are resolved. Those that are not resolved, 
today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, will be resolved. In the mighty name of Jesus. Most people are. If you say, oh, but pastor, thank God I'm not. Well, you are one of the very few people <laughs> have to deal with mine. I had to deal with mine. <laughs> and I pray that you deal with yours. Immorality has a pattern. There's an identifiable process to how immorality happens. It starts with the thoughts. Then it engages the emotions. Then it becomes an act. There's an identifiable process. So the first thing that happens, the first step in this process of immorality is number one, if you're writing, accepting sinful thoughts in my mind. When I begin to laugh at those things, when I begin to say, mm, well, it's okay, that's the life they've chosen to live. All right. When I begin to, write, to, to accept, that's the first step. When you begin to accept the possibility of having an affair, that's the first step. That's the first step. The second step is emotional, non-physical involvement. In fact, this is the dangerous step. Emotional, non-physical involvement. So, you've accepted, there's a mental accent, you've Okay, well, fine. Everybody's doing it. Okay, well, well, you know. Some people say, oh, it's the person that they catch is, that is the thief. Have you heard that before? So there's a mental accent. Then, when you now begin to get involved emotionally, you've taken the second step. Um, Rick Warren's wife, Kay Warren, she was sharing her testimony. My wife and I were listening to this conference they were doing. And she was like, when their marriage was um, rocky, the early days of their marriage, she was working to pay Rick Warren's school fees towards true seminary. And... They had a lot of issues, financial, argued about everything. Then she said, there was this guy that worked where she worked that was like the best human being on earth. So, she said, before she knew it, she would time when he's coming to work and jam him at the car park I say, oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Time when he's going to lunch. She gets to a point where, she got to a point where when she's dressing up in the morning, she's thinking, will he like this dress? If you've gone to that point, <laughs> there's fire on the mountain. Run, run, run. She said that as she was trying to get close to the guy, she discovered 
that she really didn't like the guy. And that was how God delivered her. Because the guy was a jerk, used to abuse people, blah, 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 abuse his wife, and all that. And she just didn't like that. And that was how. But she said, at that point, if he had responded, and if he had just, which is the next thing, physical involvement, if he had just maybe put a hand around her waist, that she's gone. She said she knows she's gone. Because she had no defenses anymore at that time. Physical involvement. So when people say they fell into sin, do people really fall into sin? It's not that you are walking on your own. Then you fell. You know? That would probably be a rape. You know? Or something. But it is not what they call fall. If people don't fall into sin, people walk into sin. One step at a time. I've, I've shown you the step. The first step is what? Accepting it. Once you take that step, you know you have taken it. The second step is what? Emotional involvement. Once you've taken that step, you know you have taken it. Once you've taken that step, there's fire on the mountain. Then the third step, physical involvement. Then the fourth step, which is what puts it in like an infinite loop, is rationalizing my actions. Rationalizing my actions. I was tired. I was too angry. Why would my wife talk to me like that? My husband did it too. So let me to give him back. It just happened like that, Pastor. If my spouse would have listened to me, if my husband knew how to take care of a woman, I wouldn't have all these problems. No, 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 no. As long as you are actualizing it, you are uncoffing yourself in the trap. I can't just help it. He or she is so right for me. In fact, we were made for ourselves. Pastor, I think I made a mistake in marrying this person. I should actually be with the other person. So far, so far forward. <laughs> Am I singing for last song? No, no, no. I need to repent. <laughs> I'm joking. Now, Kay Warren puts it this way. She says, to rationalize is rationalize <laughs> lies that are rational. That is what it is to rationalize. And rationalizing, you cannot overcome anything you rationalize. It is impossible to overcome anything you rationalize. As long as you think you are powerless or you deceive yourself that you are powerless against it. Then you deceive yourself, oh, pastor, it's just love. I just saw her and it is just love at first sight. I couldn't help it. As long as you keep rationalizing it, 
No way out. Praise the Lord. You have to be brutal. I would say brutal. You have to be brutal. I want to give us a, um, a, a project, a prayer project this week. I want you to pray these two great scriptures every day. Psalm 119 verse 37 and Psalm 101 verse 3. There's no time. Maybe at the end I, we can go remind me. We can, we can read them. I want to pray it every day till next week's session. When we come next week and you've prayed it every day, if you have been struggling, you will see how liberated you are. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> how totally liberated you are. So how can I stay pure in a sex-saturated world? Number one, make commitment to God's standard. Number two, manage my mind. Number three, minimize the opportunity for temptation. Minimize the opportunity for temptation. You know, like I said, some, of, some people here may be saying that uh, I'd never given to any of that immorality, Pastor Ahmike, never. Hey, Tofia. That is a myth. It's a lie. The truth is that there's no one that is immune. No one. Given the right temperature and pressure. Physicists understand what I'm saying. Given the right circumstances, anyone, read my lips, anyone can fall. Anyone. Pastor, are you trying to say, including you, I will not fall. <laughs> but I am not a fool to think I cannot fall. If you think you cannot fall, you're a big fool. You're a big fool. Why? Look, look at what the Bible says to us. First Corinthians 10, 12. It says, be careful. If you are thinking, oh, I'd never behave like that. <laughs> Let this be a warning to you. Before you too may fall into sin. In fact, some other translation says that don't be so foolish to think you cannot. You are beyond it. You can easily fall flat on your face. Easily. Easily. Anyone can. So, so what do you do? So, so how do you know that you will not, Pastor? I know I will not. How do you know? Because I, I'm going to teach you. I've taught you before. I mean, I know there are newer people. I'm going to teach you how I will not and how you will not if you will follow the teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. And I pray that you will in Jesus' name. How can you? Number one, recognize situations that stimulate you and tempt you. Recognize those situations. What are the early signs? Kill it. Take practical steps. What are the early signs? What are the early signs? And it's different for different people. There's no point me telling you mine because it may be very useless to you. There's no point you telling me yours. It may be very useless to me. For some people, 
once they smell beans. For some people, once they smell okra, that's their food. For some people who can't stand okra, they can't stand beans, just gari and water. They are fine. I mean, but the point is this. Everyone knows what is that thing. If you don't know it, you are not an adult. You should be watching movies. <laughs> Recognize it and stem it. Stem it. Plug it. I know easily that, I mean, um, if, if, you, if, you, if you've been to my house, you know, I have this, you know, TV. It's not particularly very small, but, you know. And I've noticed that sometimes, which is why sometimes I don't like renewing my pay TV subscription. Because it uh, just give me clearance. But sometimes I need to watch news, right? I need to watch who is beating Man U or who is beating Arsenal or, <laughs> or who is beating. I, I just have fun because I, do, I don't support any team. And who is defeating Liverpool and, you know, I know Liverpool fans are so like, Pastor, what are you saying now? <laughs> Always trashing Chelsea, you know. And the list goes on. But, see, they've come again. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I like to watch good soccer, but I don't care who wins. I don't. Now, sometimes I flip to some channels, you know. And before you know it, now, I don't know if I'm the only man that is very visual. I'm a very visual person. Spiritually, I see visions. <laughs> it's true. So, physically, my vision is also very stimulated. And my, something will say to me, change this channel. And my hand will be on that program button. What? Press it. Press it. I'll count ten. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. <clears throat> Sometimes I won't press. Now, don't judge me. Now. <laughs> now. What I've done is very simple. Very, very simple. If you come to my house, you may not even notice. You may notice, but it may not mean anything to you. Should I tell you? I put the picture of my daughter on the TV. So when, it's, when I stumble upon those kind of channels and I want to struggle, I look at her face. Will I be a, a, proud to see this girl watching me watch this nonsense? <clears throat> Guess what? The power to tune is easy. I don't even struggle anymore. I just flip it. It's a simple fix for me. You, I mean, you, you need to find what works for you. So a picture is there. Boom. I'm saying, oh, pastor just loves his daughter. Yeah, you didn't know that. I'm, I'm running from trouble. <laughs> Many of us, if you know that 
God is actually watching you. You will run away from all these things that you have been involved with. You will run away from it. You would, the struggle will not even be there. Traveling is another um, thing many people need to watch out for. When you travel, it gives you a false sense of liberty. You travel to a place, nobody knows you. I'm in Morocco. I'm out for a conference in Morocco. Nobody knows me. You know, you, you feel... And the hotel rooms are filled with interesting channels, you know. We went to Kenya sometime, and we're having dinner, and I went with a couple of friends. Um, we're going to some Eastern African country. And there were these very well-dressed ladies, you know, and they were asked if they should join us for dinner, you know. My man, I'm like, whatever, I mean, I really don't. They didn't look like prostitutes. They dressed like executives. So, after they joined us, and, you know, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sleep. Oh. And I got up, and I, my friend was telling me that, ah, you don't know what is going on. That because of the kind of hotels we were in, it has to be high-powered prostitutes that come. <laughs> I said, ah, I didn't know. <laughs> so, People might have seen us inviting them to our table. <laughs> it's only a pastor say, Pastor. <laughs> but I didn't know. Praise the Lord. I was in, in Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah. It just, about 10 p.m., I was. I just came out of my hotel room. I came, went for a conference, and I was just walking down the street. Walking down the street, I saw what I thought was a mannequin of a stark naked woman on the street. You know what a mannequin is? About three women. There's a glass, you know, and there's this, all these lights, red lights, blue lights on them. So I'm like, ah, I said, why would these people be putting mannequin that are naked? So I don't move closer. They are real human beings. <laughs> Trying to open something for me, I ran away. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. The point is this. The, at some point, there was something that said to me, nobody would know. Nobody would. I wasn't even a pastor at the time. Nobody would know. I mean, this is, I mean, when you're in Rome, you behave like a Roman. Watch out for... That's why many times when I travel, I like to stay with people that I know, family. It's only when... I don't know anybody in the city I stay in a hotel. Now, I'm always staying with one family or the other. I can use the money that I have for a hotel to give them, to help them in the house, but I won't stay in the hotel. No, is it because the hotel will carry me? No, I'm just trying to... Is it that if I sit in the hotel, I'll go to hell? No. I'm just trying to what? Unnecessary. 
temptation. Cut it off. Sleepovers. Don't sleep over in your friend's house's meal. What are you doing? Say, oh, Pastor, no, 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 no. I've slept there twice. No, 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 he respects me. Ah. Don't take fire into your bosom. Our time is up. (laughs) And we've not even finished. What do we do? We'll rush it. Because next week, we have thinking clearly about relationships. Praise the Lord. Bad company ruin good character. First Corinthians 15.33 says, And when affairs and illicit sex happen, when affairs and illicit sex happen, they happen with three main categories of people. This, you can take this to the bank. When affairs or illicit sex happen, it happens with three main categories of people. Number one, friends, family friends. It is well documented that most affairs occur between couples who are friends. Why am I exposing this? So that you know. Does it mean you won't have friends? Of course you should have friends. Someone came to, to, to greet you and your husband, your, your friend, and she stays over. You are sleeping. You don't know your husband has snuck downstairs. Standard. Standard procedure. Don't be like a ostrich. You know what the ostrich does? Buries his hand in the sand and says because he doesn't see any danger, nobody can see him. Where his whole body is outside. Secondly, family members. Family members. Niece came in to stay with uncle and auntie. Auntie went to the market. Standard. Standard plot. Driver is always carrying things to mommy's room upstairs. Daddy is not at home. Standard plot. Be wise. I must say be wise. Third most uh, current places or most third place where I mean these things happen most currently is co-workers. Co-workers. A lot of affairs happens with co-workers. Why? Because many times you spend more time with your colleague than your spouse. And before you know it, if you are not careful, you begin to take the step. It starts with the mind. Accepting it. Then what? Emotional. Then physical. Then it becomes 
justified. And the cycle continues. So what's the solution, Pastor? What's the solution? Am I not supposed to be suspecting all my families? Now, you may not be able to choose your families. You may not be able to even choose your co-workers. But at least you can choose your friends. Start with choosing good friends. When it comes to family, open your eyes. Shine your eyes. When it comes to co-workers, shine your eyes. So how can I solve this? Simple, it's actually very simple. The solution, very, 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 very simple actually, is to establish protective guidelines. Establish protective guidelines. Some things must be off limits. Some things must be off limits. You must never, never, ever discuss about your husband or how he's not satisfying sexually with your colleague. Never, never, ever allow another woman to talk about your wife and saying how she's not, you know, and you to say it's true. You see what I've been, you need to pray for me, you know. See what I've been going through. I say, I will not only pray because faith without works is. <laughs> so we didn't get that. <laughs> now, some things must be off limits. Establish protective boundaries. There are certain things that I just will not do. It's not because they are, they are seen by themselves, but I just won't do it. The same thing is you just must not do. In fact, if you're a minister in God's private house, you, you know we have our ethics, right? Yeah, we have ethics. They're, they're just, they're there. Now, guess what? Those ethics can't and by themselves don't make you live above board because you are only as accountable as you really want to be. You can break anything or find holes around anything you want to find holes at. But you will know you are the one doing it. So those ethics will guide you. We guide you. Let me, let me give you an example. Something, something that happened today. You know, um, today, all my colleagues, we, we walked in my house today. So in my living room was the office today. One of my colleagues came in at 8 a.m., one hour before anybody else. I was upstairs. The door was open downstairs. Initially, it was not open, but I went to open it. I knew she was around, but she wouldn't come in. She stayed in the car till somebody else came. Why? Because she knows that if she even comes, I'm going to kick her out. So why, why save yourself the embarrassment? But, but I know she wouldn't even come. Do you understand what I'm saying? And she didn't. By herself. Why? Because we have what? Ethics. There's no point trying to say, oh, I am strong. Who is strong? There's no point. God, that's not where God has told you to manifest your strength. <laughs> that's not where God has told you to manifest your strength. God says, go and cast out demons. Go and bring people to Jesus. <laughs> Go and heal the sick. Go and raise the dead. 
Why Ephesians 5.3 says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Not a hint. Not a hint. No flirting, no, no smacking, no touching in funny places. Nah. No hint. Everybody say no hint. So set yourself some practical guidelines. You are only as accountable as you want to be. Because those are just guidelines. So how do I stay pure in a sex-saturated world? Number one, make commitment to God's standard. Number two, manage my mind. Number three, minimize the opportunity for temptation. Number four, magnify the consequences of sin. Magnify. It will save your life. The consequences of sin. When tempted to violate God's standard, stop and remind yourself of the devastating and devastation and destruction it will cause. Just remind yourself how devastating it will be. Say, oh, this Orombo, I want to eat it oh. Orombo is orange. Did I get that? Okay. And I, and I actually want to eat you. But if I eat you, I'm going to have stomach trouble. <laughs> I will lose my teeth. I will begin to list everything. After a while, when you finish listing it, the orange does not become attractive anymore. That's how to help yourself magnify. I say magnify. The consequences of sin. Imagine your wife, imagine your husband and your children finding out what you are plotting. Imagine how shameful it will be for you. Whenever you see it, whenever you want to, think about those things. Magnify it. Proverbs 6.32 says, Proverbs 6.32, it says, anyone who commits adultery doesn't have any sense. There's nothing between his ears. Why? Because he's destroying himself. Why? The scars are permanent. Look, listen. I've been pastoring for 10 years. The scars are permanent. It can heal, but the scars will still be there. You wish you would you, you never have done it. The shame sometimes just doesn't go away with a, a wave of a wand. No. The sense of loss to everyone involved is enormous. It's huge. It's huge. So it's not that it's not, that it's not in, in, enticing, but, but the consequences are more expensive. I, I, I give the example before. I mean, I was walking down um, the streets, I think, in, in, in the UK, and I saw these wristwatches. The list of them was about 20,000 pounds, and the wristwatches went on from 20,000 pounds upwards. Now, 
question, were they beautiful? Did I like them? Did I buy them? Why didn't I buy them? I couldn't afford it. That's the same thing with sin. It looks enticing. I can assure you, you can't afford it. You cannot. You know why? Because it, the devil gives you one and takes ten from you. It's a bad devil. He gives you one and takes ten. Do the maths. You are still nine shots. Proverbs 6.26 says, Immorality may cost you your life. Immorality may cost you your life. You see, listen, why am I sharing this from my heart? Because I really care about you. I, you see, because if it were not going to cost you this much, if you tried, well, I probably would say, it's okay, come and repent, it's fine. This is what the lot of pastors are saying. Just come and repent, it's fine. Ask Esau. Ask Esau. Some of you are in a difficult marriage right now. And you are just like justifying it. Some of you are, you are you're a single adult. And you're like, Pastor, I really need someone to cuddle right now. And I'm like, please cuddle your pillow right now. Because I love you. Not because I, I want to be, to be cynical or mean. Because I love you. I have, <laughs> I have daughters that says to me, Pastor, I'm in need of something now. I said, you are in need of Jesus. You are in need of Jesus. You know, so, some of you are like, hey, some people can say that to you. Yes, they do. I allow them to. You know why? Because if they don't say it to me, who would they say it to? They can say it to a wrong person now. Just say, hey, you need something. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You need Jesus. Now, just, why am I bearing my heart? Simple. I don't want your life to go down the drain. If you see two rooms, one room, everyone that enters into that room comes out rejoicing. Another room, everyone that enters it comes out with scars. And you are coming, and you are my friend. Where will I point you to? That's where I'm pointing you to today. Don't do it. God has brought you here for a purpose. Don't do it. Esau repented, but when he was eating the beans, the lentils, it was sweet. The Bible says that he chopped it and he cleaned his mouth. And when he did it, it was like nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. But he traded his destiny because of pleasure. You will not trade your destiny for pleasure in the mighty name of Jesus. Because guess what? You will have the pleasure anyway. Just be patient. 
by the grace of God, I'm married for 13 years. It's not a lot, but it's a lot. If you've been married for two, three years, you know that 13 is a lot. By God's grace, there are three, there are three things. By God's grace, by my determination, and by my accountability to other Christian friends of mine. I have not been with any other woman. Now, I'm not saying this so that you clap for me. Thank Jesus for this guy. Oh, yes. I love that. And God will bless you. But I'm telling you, it's not because there have not been plenty options. You will have options. If you think you are living pure because you don't have options, some people, some people they are not proud because they don't have money. Some people think they've not committed adultery because they don't have options. You are not a thief until you have opportunity to steal and you don't steal. That's when you know you are not a thief. What I'm saying is, you, as far as sexual purity is concerned, you are going to have options. But by the grace of God, by your determination, and by your willingness to be accountable to other Christians, you will prevail in the name of Jesus. So, you're saying, Pastor, why? Really, why haven't you? Four reasons. Number one, Because I love Jesus with all my heart. I love Jesus with what? With all my heart. He went to the cross for me. I don't have to nail him again. I don't want to put another nail on him. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's number one. I love Jesus with all my heart. To beat and pieces, if there's anything like that. <laughs> Why? How? Why, Pastor? Number two, I love my wife and daughter more than I love myself. Why? Because adultery is the greatest act of selfishness. The greatest act of selfishness is adultery. Why, pastor? Number three, I fear the wrath of God more than I fear anything else. You say, well, pastor, you know, God is our father. He's not, <laughs> listen, I fear God. Oh. God is to be feared. I fear the judgment of God. I fear the wrath of God. And that is healthy. First Corinthians, I think, seven, one. It says you can only perfect holiness in the fear of God. There's a healthy fear of God that will keep you. Listen, fear God. I said three or four. Number four, I love the people I pastor. 
I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them, I don't want them to, to, to walk out of, around in shame that see what your pastor did. I don't want to bring reproach to God's church. So when I'm tempted, I think of Jesus, I think of my wife, I think of God's rot. I think of you guys. I say it's not worth it. Clap, clap. Some people don't want to clap. What's wrong with you? Do you think it's easy? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. First of all, people get angry now. How can you be forcing us to clap? I'm joking. But clap. <laughs> now, why, why am I being so transparent? Why am I being so open? Why am I just... It's simple. So that you see that you are not alone in this. God can help you. God hasn't changed the standards. God will judge sexual immorality. That's what the Bible says. God will judge sexual immorality. He hasn't changed his standards. Premarital sex is unacceptable to God. It always has been. It always will be. Living partners is unacceptable with God. It always has been. It always will be. Adultery is unacceptable with God. It always has been. It always will be. Homosexuality is unacceptable to God. It always has been. It always will be. The culture can change. They can pass it into law. I hope not in this nation. But it really doesn't matter. The law of man does not change the righteousness of God. At all. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying, if you are trapped, or you've been trapped thus far, there is a way out. You don't have to stay there. What is the path back to purity? Quickly, and I close. Number one, the path back to purity. Number one, repent. Repent. Repenting is simply agreeing with God, changing your mind, agreeing with God. I admit this is wrong. Stop rationalizing it. Call it what it is. I I have sinned. I have disobeyed God. Don't say I've made a mistake. You've not. No, 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 no. It's not just a mistake. It is a sin. Don't say, oh, I, make, I made a mistake. No, 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 no. It is a sin. Jesus came to die for your sins and my sins. You need a savior to save you from your sins. You don't need a correctionist to, to correct your mistakes. You need a savior. Number two, what is the path back to purity? I have repented. What is my next step? Receive forgiveness. You see, sometimes people have repented. They've, they've been forgiven by God, but they don't forgive themselves. They don't receive forgiveness. They still, they still cut themselves. They still, they still, how could I have done that? That is pride. If God has forgiven you, forgive yourself. Why are you so proud? How could I have been so foolish? Yes, you were foolish. But God has forgiven you. Now forgive yourself. 
Be humble enough to forgive yourself. Receive forgiveness. The, the scripture references there. Please read when you get up. Number three, I have repented. I have received forgiveness. What should I do? Refocus and replace. Refocus. So if, if I have this, um, what I did with my daughter's picture in front of the TV is to refocus myself to, to the right um, priorities and just don't get carried away with all those rubbish movies. So I refocus myself to the right priorities. These are the things that are worth living for. Refocus and replace. So at the time, I used to just waste, just browsing unnecessarily, checking we say what on Facebook. Before you know it, you bump onto some funny picture, right? Right? And you've clicked it. It has taken you there. And you know what I began to do? Every friend of mine that a woman's breast or butt or what have you gets into my feed, I unfriend you immediately. There are people in this church that have unfriended. I did fight them. They still come to church. But we can't be friends on Facebook. Why? Because you cannot be putting funny feeds on my, on my page. No, 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 no. I'm just going to click on friend. Because I'm protecting myself. I'm refocusing. So if the pastor, are you going to unfriend everybody? No, 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 no. Most, in fact, 99% of my friends, including you, have not posted rubbish. <laughs> Number four, request for help daily. Request for help daily because help is available. So for some of you, you, you need to stop immediately. You, you cannot... You cannot turn around from sin slowly. You cannot say, okay, pastor, I've been sleeping. I, I sleep around with this guy um, 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 for, for four times in a week. I'm going to cut it down to only two times. Then maybe from after next month, then maybe once, then I will just, you know. Um, if you find out, listen guys, if you find out that you are struggling, ask for help. We are here to help you. We have pastors that can pray with you, that can help you through this phase. Why? Because a lot of them have been through it themselves. A lot of us, including myself, we've been through it ourselves. So we know what it is. I know what it is to be. I don't want to start because if I start, we won't finish. I need to close. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, remember that temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. And God is what? Faithful. When you are tempted, he will. Everybody say he will. He will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. For some of you, the way out is you have come into this service today. You have heard this teaching. I've shown you how to move out, how to repent, how to receive forgiveness, how to refocus, and how to request and seek for help daily. You need to open your heart to God for God to heal you. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads as we pray.
I want you to talk to God. Please, talk to God. Many of us, we need to repent, change our mind, change our mind, realign with God, agree with God, say to God, here I am before you. I am agreeing with you. I am aligning 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 with you. I'm aligning with you. I am aligning with you. Maybe, maybe you, are, you are here, you are not born again. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior personally. You, you can't do this by yourself. You can't do it by your strength. You're saying, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. I don't need to come forward. No, 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 no. Wherever you're sitting, I want to pray with you. I say, Pastor, that is me. I want to accept Jesus for myself into my heart. Pray with me. I want to know you are there. Please put up your hand over your head and I'll pray with you. I put up your hand, put up your hand well. God bless you. Put it up well. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Keep it up. Don't slip a card in your hand. You can put it down once you have the card. Anybody else? That is me. That is me. That is me. Oh, oh I used to be born again. I'm backsliding. I've, I've gone. But I want to come back to Jesus. Put up your hand quickly and, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. Oh, my father. If, if, you, if you are, you've heard this word, you know God has spoken to you clearly. You can see there's light, illumination. You can see what you need to do. You can see what you need to abandon and turn away from. Talk to God about it. Turn away. Make that decision now. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendered to you. We ask that you cleanse them and receive them to turn into your kingdom. Lord, we pray for all of us, everyone in this place that is struggling or has struggled with sexual sin. We ask for your mercy. For everyone that is struggling to forgive themselves, to receive your forgiveness, we ask for your grace to help them to forgive themselves and receive your forgiveness. The grace to lift up our heads up high in spite of all we have done wrong in the past and stand and say there's therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That grace, Lord, we receive from you in the mighty name of Jesus. When we look at the Lamb of God that was slain for us, we know there's no tongue that can condemn us. We stand in the liberty and freedom of your spirit and your power. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.